It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is yet another news episode uh, brought to you by me, by Annette Luthy Lyon, by her book that comes out in next year. You can pre-order it now. Yes, March 21st. Woohoo! Exciting. Uh, if people wanted to pre-order said book from the Luthy Lyon collection, uh, where would they go and how much does it cost? Uh, it's on Barnes and Noble. I think okay. that they're not they're not putting it onto Amazon quite yet because they want you want to support the indies first. Or you can go to indiebound.org and they do it as well. Or if you find my link tree in various locations, you can find all the links there as well. Links in the show notes. Come on. There you go. Show notes for sure. And I that's gonna be in hardback, so that's kind of cool. I think it's I want to say it's like twenty four dollars or something, which is in hardback or is that softback? hardback? That, that's the paper hardback. Yeah. Do you do the uh, Do you do the ebook? Do you do the uh, the Kindle? I version? I'm sure I, I I need to double check that with my editor and all that, but I'm assuming I can't you, imagine it wouldn't be an ebook. Do you do the yeah. audiobook? Can we hear, hear the books read by Annette I Lucy sure Lyon herself? Hope, well, you know my you can most of my books are on some some level. Most of like the the timeless collections, those are all in audio, mm-hmm. and the Girl in Gray is in audio as well. Mm-hmm. That one actually has done very well. That the actress who did that one worked very hard to get the finished words right so oh, go so her. you don't voice it you 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 shop no. it out you have somebody else do it oh okay. gosh i i'm not a voice actor <laughs> no i'm a writer that's okay no, okay no, no, no. I, know I, your I, strengths and pass off the work exactly. to somebody else i'll take for, it for okay. just one more in that book the, the that, that publisher is gonna have it, it's all, all I, I imagine it'll be audio but we'll find out for sure okay uh, aside from writing like crazy what's new for you uh, let's see the one of the last week was it i i went to the lds pma conference in provo and that oh was yeah fun for it people was who don't different. know the lds yeah. they probably know what that means what what does yeah. the p <laughs> the m and the a mean and i always forget i want to say it's publishing media and arts something like that is that I'll right professionals it. i don't know um so it's the cool thing is it's I, I go to writing conferences all the freaking time, like many, many a year, and I teach at them. And this was very different, and it was fun because it was different in some ways. Um, because it wasn't just writers; it was you had there's a whole like painting art gallery, and then you had film, and then you had like music, and um, there were a lot of people there who were former guests of the hall, like um, Maui Junior Bonner Junior. He was one of the keynotes. Yeah, Junior Bonner, I think. Junior Bonner, there we name. go. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then we had you know Gerald Lund spoke, and um, just it was it was cool just having just a variety of different types of arts, but it was all creatives, so it was that was kind of cool. And then um, on the second night, there we had they had their big praiseworthy gala, and former guest of the hall Jenny Reader won for her biography on Emma Smith, and I won for my short essay about. Um, finish and my testimony so that's kind of cool you finished your testimony finish language oh and my joke never gets old (laughs) no no you know uh you finished it it stands for uh publishing and media association there you go uh and why might you become a member which is free by the way free plug for the ldspma.org it's a supportive network of professionals in the publishing media and the arts you get advance notice about discounted conference pricing. There's Facebook groups for networking and collaboration, a monthly newsletter with trade tips, encouragement, and resources. You get access to member-exclusive content, including keynote addresses by Brandon Mole, Laurel Day, and Alex Boyer, and 
more. And more. I always For love sure. the and more. And more. Yeah. And, and well, and I taught what I think um, is a good class on self-editing and revision mm-hmm. for any writer. And they're going to be having a lot of those things available for a few months. So if people want to go online and see what the virtual class offerings, you can still pay for those and and watch them for, I think, I want to say it's for three months. Could be wrong. But, and, yeah. and uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to... Uh... I'm going to uh, proposition uh, the organization next year for a class on not self-editing. If you have not yet listened uh, to the episode that I did with the folks that wrote the book Method Infinite uh, about um, the Masonic Order and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, know that I publish things without editing them because I feel like it is transparency I feel like it allows you to see me in who I am and what I do. And most of the time, it works out pretty well. But in the first part of that particular episode, I've had more than a person email and go, why wouldn't you edit that out? <laughs> so and, and to clarify, answer, yeah, you go ahead. Your, your answer, answer is, is because I don't ever want someone to feel like the cultural hall is an edited uh, experience. If mm-hmm. people feel a certain way, say we're talking about something that's touchy and you feel some way that is wholly offensive to me, or I don't think is right. I will allow you to say that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I agree with you, but I do. I try very hard not to censor, you know, any sort of things. And so as part of that non-censorship, I include things like those first few minutes in the method infinite uh, episode, which uh, one of the text messages I got about it, all it was, was a foot and a mouth. And then <laughs> it had foot plus mouth equals you. And I appreciated that. But see, that's that's self-editing versus uh, censoring. Those are very being, you know, clarity and transparent, sure. all sure. of that. I'm talking about in the written word. Oh, no, I know. Books. I know. just the ability to be completely transparent about oops and that's all that is that is all you can classify that particular thing and i'm not going to tell you what i say you should go back and listen to to it it. yeah well and that's one of those things actually where i wish in some ways i could i've had people say oh well since you're a writer whatever you say must just be like beautifully what you think and it comes Mm -hmm. out just and i was like i i want to go do you do realize how much time it, it takes to work on like a scene in a chapter to get it to say what you want it to say and imply and feel and all it can take months or weeks to get something just right. I'm like, you think they just, I'm just speaking off the cuff when it comes yeah. out. Right. Nope. Like nope. no open mouth, insert foot. Absolutely. That's yeah. half my life. In so. fact, some of the hardest interviews are those that are just really great writers because they're <laughs> used to, I mean, I mean it. Oh, I'm sure. They're, I'm they're sure. really, they're really great about, you know, being able to put it into written word. And then you, you're like, you've written a book and they're like, how uh-huh. about I? Uh, it's like, what's yes. it about? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So with some, I always coach it. Uh, but all to say, go back and listen to that. Other things that are super exciting. Uh, I'm in that sweet month, uh, as people that listen to the show know, uh, where I quit the day job back in May. November is a notorious dead month for uh, DJ events. So in the month of October, I did 34 events in the month of October. In the month of November, I will do three. Whoa. 
because if you think about it, people aren't typically married because, you know, they're in school. They got that stuff. You're not having a Thanksgiving party for your work where you bring in a DJ. Yeah. And so November just sort of notoriously becomes super slow. And uh, my wife is going out of town, so I'm going to be a bachelor for four days with no work to speak of. So you're going to be bored to tears So go find another concert to attend. Yep. Now, what you'll find is that there will be lots of episodes of the cultural hall that will be recorded while she's gone, (laughs) because it really will be a thing that I'll be like, this is an opportunity for me to get ahead uh, and all the stuff for the holiday season, because the holidays, once it gets back to right after Thanksgiving, it picks right back up. So I'm surprised that October is as busy as that. I mean, I have a friend who was married in October and she was like, everyone was thrilled because like the venue and everyone was like, oh, October is dead. This is fantastic. We can really serve you. Nope. A lot of Halloween parties. Halloween yeah. daytime things for kids. That's how I was able to do more uh, than they. So it's not just weddings, obviously. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. I I taught kids to dance like a pumpkin. What does a pumpkin dance like, kids? What does that look like? That's that's just part of what I did in the month of October. So fun, and I'm exhausted. <laughs> I also may sleep. There you go. Take a few naps while she's gone. Uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll get to actual articles of news. <laughs> Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. BestDJinUtah.com is the website that you need to go to if you would like to party with me. Now, just because it says Utah as part of the URL does not mean that it has to be in the state of Utah. I've traveled to such illustrious places as Wyoming, Nevada, Texas, Washington, and others, Idaho as well. If uh, if you're having an event and you think, you know what, I would love the energy, the charisma that is Richie uh, to be able to bless the event. I don't know why I said bless. You can hit me up, bestdjinutah.com. Maybe you, you yourself are getting married or has been the case multiple times this year. You are the apparent, not apparent, just the parent uh, or one of the parents because there's multiple parents. I'm getting distracted. You are one of the parents of the bride or groom and you think... Richie would be great to be at this event. You can hit me up, bestdjinutah.com. Be sure that you mentioned uh, that you hear it on the cultural hall. I may, in fact, even get you a little bit of a discount. Who knows? We'll see how I feel that day. It's bestdjinutah.com. Hi, friends. Dan, the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops with breaking news. Windows 11 is now here. It's fast and it's beautiful. So let's make sure your computer's ready to run it. Bring your PC into any PC Laptops right now at PCLaptops.com. PCLaptops.com. Here in the second half of Articles of News, we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. A uh, couple things. One. That Peter, of course, in case you didn't know, Peter Breinholt. I want to give him a little bit of love. I've been working with him on another project. And a, a classier, better human being, not made, than Peter Breinholt. He is top-notch, top-shelf. Uh, love uh, love him. And that he's been a part of every single episode 
since he was on. That's 600 plus. A reminder, you can become a Patreon saint, patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall. It gets me through the month of November, people. And then the last thing is there is not going to be a temple ticker at the end of this episode. We're just going to do news, 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 and a little bit of opinion. Here's the first one. Are you ready for this? Bring it. The headline, the unspoken side of Latter-day Saint friendliness. So uh, this... Uh, from the Deseret News, says, A recent Deseret News article praising the hospitality extended by BYU fans to visiting football fans from Arkansas reminds me of something that locals understand a little bit better than outsiders about the LDS mentality. Goes on, community outreach events sponsored by local predominantly LDS groups of people are not always motivated out of pure neighborly American friendliness, as many Arkansas fans seemed to think. The annual trunk or treat events in the church parking lot that are advertised to the community, patriotic holiday pancake breakfasts for all, and free ice cream for out-of-state football visitors, which is what we did for Arkansas, are as much church public relations events and missionary proselyting events as anything else. Nothing wrong with that, this writer says, except the real purpose sometimes gets lost in all the fun and hospitableness. It would be great if LDS folks were motivated to celebrate neighbors and visitors for the strength of their Baptist or Catholic church affiliations, or for their commitment to science education and democracy, or for the beautifulness of just being Americans, but that is often not the case. LDS people view others as hardened, fallen, and lost, as the Book of Mormon scripture says, and are looking to ensconce all others outside their circle to a place inside the circle in the local ward meeting house and the nearest available temple. Again, not a problem as long as the motivation is clearly understood. What say you about that? There's a lot of truth to that. I would take away the the you know America part because there's so many like have you seen the way people worship the U.S. on the Fourth of July? Mm-hmm. Democracy, yes, is that, that I don't think that we can show up for that. But yeah, I think as long as be, being more open about our intentions, but at the same time, I wonder how many times members themselves aren't even acknowledging to themselves the ulterior motives. Right. Sometimes you know. So it reminds me of, of a, you know these two neighbors I had growing up. One was not a member of the church and one absolutely was she was you know really say president Engelman's president all these things over the years um and she was always they were like really close friends and she's always bringing them like peaches from her tree and all these mm-hmm. things and part of my old child brain when i was like eight was like oh wow she's being such a good friend and maybe mrs so-and-so will get baptized someday mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that never happened but the friendship never ended either because it was truly a friendship period right. Right. The end. But mm-hmm. my little small little child brain, member brain was still like, oh, great missionary work, sister mm-hmm. so-and-so, you know, so. Yeah. It's a thing that for me, since yeah. I moved to this house that I will literally never move again. Ugh. Oh, ever. I will that. literally never move again. So help me. Uh, but the thing that, that I have not only thought a lot about, uh, but has been on my mind a lot about um, that I have not figured my way through is the idea of community mm-hmm. and and like the people in my neighborhood that are members of the church we all know each other but anyone who is not 
no idea. And most of these people have lived there 10 plus years. My neighbor across the street may be one of the most quality people ever served in the armed, in the armed services will help me with anything ever, you know, he'll let me borrow a tool. He'll come over and help. He, He, the classiest guy ever He's not a member of the church. And, uh, it has struck me a ton that there is not community in this community. There's the church yeah. community in this community, but there's not community in this community. And I haven't quite figured out how I'm going to make a difference about it, but it has, I wouldn't say pained my heart like I'm in agony or cried about it or anything like that, but it has pained my heart to be like, this is not the way that this should be. Right. Oh, 100%. In fact, that reminded me of one previous house we lived in. Um, it was an area that was growing fast and, and the ward split. And our backyard was the, the 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 new line. And I never again really chatted with those friends. Yeah. On the, you know, Once the ward boundary changed. I mean, how dumb is that? But yeah. Um, granted, this uh, is before answer texting. to your question. Real dumb. Re- really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that just goes to show, I mean, like our word boundaries, that is our, that becomes our community for better or worse and sometimes worse. So I do remember, and this is several years ago, I should try, see if I could try to find the article again, but there was an opinion piece. Um, I want to say it was in the Desert News or maybe in the Salt Lake Tribu- Tribune, um, a, a woman who was not a member of the church and, and she was saying how kind of talking about this and and mentioning neighbors who had done things well, even saying, you know, it kind of goes back to what you were saying with your the ulterior motives. Like, you know, invite my family to your Halloween activity. Would love to be part of that. Don't try to proselytize to us. Yeah. Um, but we would love to be part of that. Let us know what's going on. And some people had done really really well with that, and others have been like, and here's a Becca Martin on the side. Yeah. And um, so it's I think there's ways to do it, but again, we have to be aware of why we're doing it. And are we trying to be community and the Zion society as we're supposed to be, or are we just trying to get people in the water? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. What story do you have, Annette Luthi Lyon? By the way, I love being able to say your middle name as part of the whole. (laughs) My maiden name there. Yeah, it is one of my favorite things. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate the fact that like your first guess was the right way to say it. Most people, I I grew up going Luddy, Latchy, Lucky. What? No, it's Luthi. I'm like, Luthi, come on, guys. Of course it is. Anyway, and it's Swiss, if anyone's wondering. Okay, yeah. anyway. I'm, fi- so my... I'm finished with that Swiss. Oh, yes, you are. Finished? <laughs> ah, darn it. Forget it. I'll work on it. I'll get that joke. And you're right. not lying. That's yeah. the other one we always get. Oh, you took it. I know, man. Because it's so original. I've never heard it before. No. Uh, so here's one. If you know me, I mean, obviously, there's certain things people know about me. I'm a writer. This, not the other. But here's the other thing. Chocolate, right? Mm. Um, so repelling 50 feet into sinkholes in the Mexican jungle, guarding against killer bees and the aggressive fritillant snake, discovering ancient ruins. It sounds more like an Indiana Jones movie than academic research, but apparently there were, it was a bunch of, uh, and then emeritus professor and some grad students going down there to try to figure out where the Mayans kept their sacred cacao groves. Yes. Right. So it's kind of cool. They had to went down to the Yucatan Peninsula and they had to figure out like because cacao beans were used as currency and they were used um, all these different things. So they actually managed to they, they studied all of these different things and tested stuff and they found theobromine, which is, you know, that's the thing that makes you feel good in chocolate. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, anyway, so they found it in these sinkholes, which was kind of cool. They found they figured out where the Mayans kept their sacred cacao groves. That's so, like I mean, that, that's my kind of adventure right there. I want to move you out of that. The search for hidden cacao. Uh, have you ever actually had a, a cacao um like bean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Like, have you had it from the actual pod where there's still the fruit on it? No, I have not had that. I've, I've had not the bean without the fruit, but yeah. So, yeah. so, so you have it sounds like. Yeah. So this is a hilarious, not great. hilarious story. So if people don't know, cacao beans, they do something to that process it to essentially make cocoa, which makes chocolate. Yeah. Um, Several step process. Yes. You look at the cacao like pod and you think maybe like a pea pod. It's much bigger. It's oh, it's, it's sort of like um it's like a small football. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah a great way. It's yeah. like a it, it's like if you shrunk a Jaredite barge, actually. Maybe that would be how I would describe it. It's so <laughs> yeah. many cubits by it's so tight, many like cubits. a dish. Yeah. But it it does it is sort of how I envision a Jaredite barge to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nonetheless, you crack it open and within it, it is uh, it is a fruit. And then the seed is the cacao um, seed or bean or whatever it is. Right. So if you get a fresh cacao, it has a very sweet fruit and the the seed or the bean or whatever it is, is bitter. Mm-hmm. So you can it almost looks like, you know, when you get uh, pineapple chunks in the can. Not the rings, but the chunks, like the the triangle chunks. They mm-hmm. they almost look like that. There's fruit on the outside, and then the seeds on the inside. Well, I was in Hawaii one time. We found this uh, this cacao pod for sale at the farmer's market. We're like, oh my gosh, this is the thing. Let's get it. So we bought it, and um, the fruit on it is really good. It doesn't. It it it's like huh. um, it's sort of like a penny gumball. You know how you eat oh. the penny gumball and for 10 seconds it tastes really good and then you <laughs> want to spit it out and it's just yeah. not any good. That's what the fruit of a cacao is like. So you chew it and you're like, oh, yeah. And then you start to chew it and you get kind of the bittery thing. But it doesn't it doesn't break down to where you can swallow it. It gets kind of like, hmm. you know, like, like a gum. cut, like a cud or, a, or a, you know, those kind of things like a cows with their cud. It just becomes something that's in your mouth. Well, I didn't realize this. But cacao has tremendous amounts of caffeine. (laughs) And so when we were there one time, I just chomped this almost half a pod of cacao which i didn't know the flesh would have had caffeine in it that's hilarious well because you're because you you chew it once you eat the flesh then you chew it and you get into the bean and so you start to get the caffeine and so i ate the uh, a half of this whole thing and when i tried to go to bed that night i was so wired and my heart was beating so fast i was like what is this that seems so backwards because it takes like hundreds of beans to make a chocolate bar. So mm-hmm. I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm confused because there's I, not I, that I, much caffeine in chocolate. I, I am going to find out because I think that it's refined out, but I'll tell you what, wired, <laughs> wired as far as that goes. <laughs> if, if, if you'll allow me, I'll let you share the next news story. I'm going to find out how much caffeine oh, is in a cacao pod, and then I'll report do. back after. Well, your and story. I've got like I've been to like the New York chocolate show. My sisters and I put on the Utah chocolate show for several years, so there's Jeez. a lot. Of, ooh, and if anyone is interested, I think they, I assume they still do it. It's been ten plus years or so, but um, Caputo's in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. It's like this high end deli kind of in the Sugar House area. Um, they actually do chocolate tastings, like like a wine tasting. We had the guy come in and do it for the show, and holy crap, it was amazing! Like it was, yeah, mm, changing, so. yeah. Um, another really quick chocolate thing before I go on to the other. The same article actually had a link to um, this little video where BYU's executive pastry chef discusses chocolate, and she quotes the Beatles, and she quotes quotes John Keats, talks <laughs> about what tempering is. It's just it's, it's a delightful little video. So there's that. 
Um, the next news story was uh, Bryce Harper. Um, I know but, him, baseball yes, player. Baseball player with the Phillies. Um, he hit a home run and that got the Phillies to the World Series, which begins on Halloween Day, which is when we're recording this. Who knows when we're going to put it out, right? Later this week. Awesome. So um, apparently um, three members of the, the team were nominated um, for Silver Silver Slugger Awards that were given uh, to the best offensive players by position. He was nominated, but technically wasn't eligible because you have to have played 100 games mm. to be eligible. And he had only played 99. They oh. gave him the nomination anyway because he's, um, you know, done amazing things. So there's links to all that good stuff. And don't worry, he gets paid for his amazing things. $330 million is his baseball contract wow. for a 13-year, $330 million. Got him into the World Series? Worth it, because they'll yeah. make that in just this World Series yep. alone. A uh, couple things. One, they're called cacao nibs. I want to make sure that we don't go any further before people know that they're called nibs. Nibs are what's for the the first step they're broken down into. Those like the like these little things you can. I've actually had nibs as well. Usually they're already roasted and then crushed. Hmm. These little pieces. And but. then further, the information that I was able to gain is that a teaspoon of nibs contains a measurable amount of caffeine, uh, anywhere between four point six milligrams to ten milligrams. Uh, of caffeine for a little perspective a cup of coffee since anyone listening to this would not know how much a cup of coffee uh, would be between 80 and 135 milligrams all to say i just didn't know that i was consuming caffeine and and you're sensitive to caffeine and willy-nilly i just consumed that's too far all of the caffeine all the caffeine uh this i would love to see richie on caffeine oh geez well you're looking at him uh (laughs) Right now, a lot of pre-workout going through this body right now. Uh, this was a really sad story. You know, we we talked a lot about Ukraine when it first happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything with the the you know the Russians and and Ukraine and some great episodes on that. Seriously, how to help and people who've been there. So how we'll go listen to those. But but this is a fascinating story. Uh, Dane Partridge, who is a Latter Day Saint, he is a U.S. Army veteran. A father from Rexburg, he went to Ukraine um, as part of the International Legion to fight for the folks in Ukraine against Russia. Wow. He was killed. Ooh. He died this week from injuries that he was that he sustained fighting on the front lines in Ukraine, his family confirmed. Uh, he'd been fighting there since April as one of many American citizens volunteering as Russia continues its invasion. At least five Americans have died in the war, according to reports. Uh, At least 4,000 Americans have been volunteering to fight in Ukraine. Um, He was struck in the neck and brainstem by shrapnel on the 3rd of October after Russian forces ambushed his unit while they were clearing trenches in Severodonetsk in eastern Ukraine. Still under fire, Partridge's colleagues carried him out on a blanket and laid him down in the back of a pickup while with the other wounded soldiers, according to his family. The driver ran the truck into the ground on their way to the hospital. Literally, only one wheel was intact when they arrived. The other tires shredded and hanging wow. from the rim. It's a it's a sad story. He leaves behind his family, um, a family of five and his wife. So wow. there there is, in uh, the link in the show notes, a way that you can... Um, 
make a donation to their family still, if that seems like something that you would like to do. He is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, he wanted to serve the Lord. He wanted to serve his God. That was the number one person that he wanted to follow. And the more he prayed about it, the more sure he was that he should go help the people in Ukraine. He bought. He wrote a will, bought a one-way ticket to Poland, and said goodbye to his family on April 27th. The family would hear from him periodically over the coming months, sending the occasional text or FaceTiming when he had a good connection. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, that's Sounds like horrible. a... Sounds like a, just a stand-up guy, though. Just an amazing individual and oof, sad, wow. sad, sad story. Wow, wow. What do you got? Um, well, let's see. Not quite that sad. <laughs> um, so I always say her name right and wrong, and then you help me correct me. Is it Jana Reese from the Religion News Service? Or is it Jana Rice? Is it's it Reese? Jana Reese. Reese, okay. I was right the first time. Um, she... It was reporting on this new book um, and how it connects to our faith versus other Christian faiths. And the, the title says Mormons are insulated from some dangers of celebrity culture, but not all. Um, and essentially talks about how, you know, like the, the these mega churches who have these big celebrity pastors and this kind of stuff. And we don't have that. Mm -hmm. um, they say part of it is because we have so many leaders who are, you know, geriatric and just it just isn't going to happen when you've got that kind of um, leadership. Um, so the article goes into things like, you know, that doesn't prevent things on the local level, like bishops and state presidents, because they're younger. Um, it was fascinating to read in general, but part of me thought, okay, I think you can tell that she, she's a convert and you can tell she didn't grow up in the seminary culture mm -hmm. <laughs> or the old EFY culture, because there's a celebrity culture there that I think we have a problem with, where, you know, we have EFY speakers and, you know, morning side and fireside speakers where people are just, or even, I remember there was, um, one, actually two teachers in my seminary who were like almost the oh you got brother so and so and it, it, they were kind of like these celebrities and reached the point of are we looking at something as this is someone who's going to bring me to christ or is this someone that we're worshiping as a celebrity and even a small sense so anyway it was fascinating and a bit of a, a good think piece for me on some level so yeah yeah it and it's interesting. So uh, when I m met rough, you know, I say met, but didn't really meet him. Uh, Elder Uchtdorf at the uh, Salt Lake International Airport. There were lots of people doing the, should I go talk to him? Yeah. I don't know. Should I talk to him? Should I ask him for a picture? And I, I always sort of joke that he looked like a haggard traveler because he looked like a haggard traveler. I'm not sure where he was coming from or where he was going to or what the deal was, but I'm, I'm I'm sure that the last thing that he wanted to do was greet a lot of people and I recognize that you know when 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 you're in that sort of position that a lot of people look towards you so I get that but it is one of the things that I struggle with um when people talk about no respecter of person mm -hmm. that I just go yeah guys no respecter of persons he's an apostle not you know I don't anyway yeah, it's, oh, it, it is a thing for me yeah. that I quickly go, is this, is this well, the way this should be? A friend of mine who shall remain nameless, but yeah, works for the church was saying that, you know, some, some meetings that they go to, it's, it's a challenge because if it's like a, for like a, a large, like multiple, multiple departments and you have a member of the 12 or even sometimes one of the, you know, quote unquote, bigger seventies show up, it does feel like a little bit of like the celebrity, oh, you know, and, 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 you know, they're sitting there going, this feels wrong. <laughs> 
<laughs> the way we're suddenly just praising this person. This is not how it's supposed to be, guys. Let's not, please let's not do that. Let's, yeah. let's not. Yeah. So, and, and, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of. Boof, boof. Yeah. Uh, let me see. I've got another one that I wanted to share with you. Oh, scrolly, 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 scrolly. Oh, let's go here. Jason Momoa. You know who that is? Oh, yes. Aquaman. <laughs> Thank you for saying oh yes in exactly the way that I wanted oh, you to. Okay. Oh, oh. Yes. Oh no. Yes, oh, okay. Let, let me clarify. I am not someone who finds him all that attractive. I have I mean I'm not I'm not in that camp. Um for me, I, I felt like when he was in Stargate, um, I thought they hired this guy because he is visibly, he's clearly like a model, but he can't act. So I've been happy to see in more recent films he's learning to act. Mm-hmm. um but i i i'm that's that's not my oh yes that's 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 not no that's not that's not my taste thank you very much okay anyway okay. what about jason momoa he, he, he is he is much the taste of a lot of other people yes, yes and yes. as it turns out he was at byu hawaii most recently uh the healthcare for professionals club at byu hawaii teamed up with a group be the match uh, which is a national marrow donor program. And Jason Momoa happened to come by and say, hey, you know what? You guys should be the match and be a part of this. Um, Jason Momoa, a Hawaii native, um, was there saying you guys should really do this. And it takes like one minute to find out um, uh, like your blood type. And then I think something else, you can do a couple tests and then you can uh, essentially become part of this donor registry that can save people's lives. And it's not like uh, a kidney where once you donate a kidney, you can't donate that kidney again. It's gone. Uh, well, and there's a lot kinds of more medical issues with donating an or- kidney that, or a part of a liver than yep. with bone marrow. Yeah. Right. So you can donate marrow more than one time in your life and it can literally save people's lives. And they just are trying to get more people to um, to become donors, know what their matches are and be able to match them up with people who need that life saving um, like procedure, that opportunity. So Jason Momoa happened to be at BYU Hawaii. There's not a brother Momoa in the future, at least not that I know of, but we should we should befriend him just because he's a friend, not <laughs> because we hope that he would be. No. Although there would yeah. be a lot of people that would be that pretty would happy be with Brother Momoa speaking at the next general conference oh. for sure. I, that is actually so at the LDS PMA Gala Awards Gala, Sister Knight, as in Gladys Knight, mm-hmm. also received a, an award. And I was like, oh, I hope she, she wasn't there. They sent like no. a little video. And I was like, man, no. that would have been so cool if she was here. See? You didn't get but to. What other story? To. What other stories do you have? So the awesome Twitter account that you should follow is called um, "Today in Mormon Histories." So I came across this one the other day, um, okay. October October twenty eighth, nineteen oh two, hundred and twenty years ago. Okay. And I start reading it and I'm like bracing myself for something negative because on Twitter, if it's church, oftentimes Oof. it'll be something negative historically. But Amen. this is kind of cool. Apparently, um, there in 1920, no, 1902, there were a bunch of um, Jews in Salt Lake City who um, decided to join. Um, let's see which. Uh, okay, so the Orthodox Jews were left without a synagogue because the majority uh, um, had, had decided to become Reformed Jews and had claimed the synagogue. So the Orthodox Jews were left without a synagogue. Um, and so they were going around trying to get subscription people to donate money or whatever. And um, apparently two Jewish friends named Levy and Louis 
they came to the church offices and the presidency subscribed $200 and paid that amount 120 years ago. I don't know how much $200 would be today. But that's that, That's a lot. And I'm like, good on you for presidency. That was kind of cool. $90 million. So, no, no. But but cool that they would do that yeah. for sure. Yeah. 120 years ago. And you see the church in Salt Lake doing a lot more uh, with that stuff nowadays, although you don't hear about it maybe mm-hmm. as much. Now what, this, what this is just in the, the the minutes of you know the first presidency and the quorum of the twelve minutes of their meeting or whatever. So I don't think it was even announced. It was just a, someone a historian found it in the minutes and shared it. So and cool tell me that? what's the account if people want to follow that today one more time? in Mormon history. So technically, it's today in Church of Jesus Christ of Letters, yeah, Saints ex- history, unless but... it's a cultural term, but yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, This was kind of cool. The church and the NAACP uh, collaborate to improve a community farm in San Francisco, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, This is one of many, many efforts that the church has partnered up with the NAACP. Um, You know, we've talked about the scholarship opportunities, etc. This is a quote from the uh, article. This is a milestone for us because we're really trying to develop a hyper-local food system for the Bayview neighborhood, which is a neighborhood there in the San Francisco area. This project is a cornerstone of what we will be doing in the future. If you've ever heard of, um, I think they call it a food desert. Um, and you think desert and you think like, you know, sand and, and cactuses rolling by and stuff like that. But there are places in the country where like fresh fruits and vegetables aren't available or Mm -hmm. not nearly as much and especially to lower income folks. And so, um, this is what this farm, this garden will become. Um, uh, San Francisco is home to the Reverend Dr. Amos Brown, a renowned civil rights leader and pastor of the city's third Baptist church. The Reverend Dr. Brown is a friend of the prophet who created the student fellowship to Ghana that I mentioned earlier. Several months ago, Robert Turley, the president of the church's San Francisco, California stake, sat in Reverend Dr. Brown's office with a small group of people floating ideas around for humanitarian outreach. There were lots of ideas on the board. He said, let's start here. Let's start in the community. Let's start this garden. And sure enough, now that's how we are. So I I think that that's great that it's there. And I hope we do another one elsewhere and just continue to do stuff like that with the NAACP and other amazing groups because people need that stuff. And if we can partner with other folks, I don't know why we would not do that. Amen to that. What do you got? All right, so there is a chapel that is um, being sold. It's a historic 93-year-old chapel um, in Morgan County, originally built by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, dedicated by President Her- um, Heber J. Grant. The article says calls him Herbert, but that's okay. They I saw that, too. I saw that, too, and I was like, like uh, hmm. okay. Um, but so it's no, it's not currently on any kind of historical registry, um, but the people who, it is no, it's no longer owned by the church. It's different um denomination but it's they don't have the funds to keep it to up, keep up to the upkeep and maintain it so they're selling it um and they're hoping that some apparently there are a couple of potential buyers they aren't saying who they are um they're hoping it'll be on a historic registry and maybe become a community center or something like that um but they just at this point they just don't have the funds to maintain it on their own so they have like the facebook page where you can 
share your story of you know going to church there or meeting anyway that kind of thing it's kind of sad people i've seen people saying hey the church should buy this and save it and whatever but and they should i think it would be awesome if they could yeah absolutely i I I also think that i i think that if the uh the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints does not buy it i also then think that someone should purchase it as an airbnb and then uh make it available because i'll tell you what there's lots of family reunions that happen up in Morgan County and you want, yep. you need a place to stay for you and your 60 relatives all in the same place. My biggest able- concern is that it would be the area would be purchased and then the building raised. So right. that it's like if we're if so, some big developer wants to buy it, then would you like find a way to move the building or something? Yep. I don't know. <laughs> Cause it's, it's historic. Let's not destroy yeah. that, please. If so. we destroy all the history, what do we have to appreciate? There you go. They they didn't they didn't destroy the Coliseum, although I'm sure that land is valuable, people. It's perspective. This is there our Morgan go. County Coliseum. <laughs> Maybe that's hyperbolic. That's that might... not, not the best comparison, but fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. It's not the worst no, comparison, no, though, not. either. Uh, this this only worth a brief mention because I don't believe that it's real. But because we talk about all things in the cultural hall, I will mention if you have little ears at this point, this is maybe an opportunity for you to not have little ears listening um, to this. This out of Brigham Young University. Uh, Twitter discusses that there is an alleged armpit crabs epidemic at Brigham Young University. Now, no, please. No. Yeah. I'm not saying that this isn't in the realm of possibility, and I'm not even going to go too far down. But typically, uh, crabs is a uh, it, it's a sexually transmitted disease. For there to be armpit crabs, it would mean that yeah. other things are happening with your armpit rather than making you know a chorus of awesome songs and or just putting deodorant on. Uh, your armpit would be used for something else. Now, here here are the two sides of it. One, it's Twitter, so it's basically garbage. Uh, But two, I also have known some some people who have split a hair so finely to justify the thing that they wanted to do but didn't want to actually do the thing that they want to do that I will leave that small, teeny, 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 realm of possibility that there is in fact an armpit crabs epidemic at Brigham Young University but that is that is the only the amount teeny of credibility tiny. I, w- I would say I wouldn't say epidemic even I would leave the crack open to a case or two of people being stupid mm-hmm. but every time I hear stories of like oh there's a rampant at BYU and it's something like that and there's right. plenty of other similar in that category of things um people I you know fellow students who are there now are like Guys, that's not happening. Like maybe one person here and there, but like it, this is a stupid rumor they knew would go viral on Twitter. So we're not, you know, no. Yeah. Any, anyway, so I don't think, I don't know. So, I so, doubt it. So I really, and the other thing I'll say about that, if you're thinking that you doing it that way is any better than doing it another way, you know, like the, mm-hmm. you know, the regular way, I think that you're missing the point a lot. I think that you are lettering yourself of the law a bit too much and yeah. and and maybe some you know maybe some thought of uh, about uh, you know why you do what you do or why you don't do what you do. Well, the spirit uh, of the law, spirit of the covenants that some of these people probably have made. 
Yeah. Just saying. I mean, I mean, I, I guess I, I, you know, I, I get it on some level, but, but no, I don't. No, I, I, I don't. I, think I, don't. That, <laughs> I don't think that you can go then to Ugh. your bishop and be like, no, we're good. Yeah, fine. We're good. No Nothing. worries there. Sexually pure, you bet. So on that note, keeping our little ears closed for okay. the small people, um, this is going back to Gabrielle Blair's book is officially out now, and it's okay. a New York Times bestseller. Whoop, whoop. So there was a, a feature of her in USA Today, you know, and of course it, it's it's awesome saying, oh, you think that she is a liberal arts person or maybe a professor at some feminist college? No, she's a Mormon mom of six. And, da, 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 da. and for people who don't know, just real quick, tell people who Gabby Blair is. Uh, she is. She grew up in Utah, a Latter-day Saint faithful. She's currently lives in Paris. The family moved there um, for, I think, her husband's work. And she's been there for years and years. She has this hugely popular, successful um, like design and food and lifestyle blog. It's been up for many, many, many years. But uh, 2018 Twitter thread that she wrote um, about abortion and birth control and this kind of stuff went completely viral. And now it's been expanded into a book. And now it's New York Times bestseller. And it's amazing. And, and actually, so here's just one quote again, small ears turn, you know, don't be listening to that. Anyway, this is one quote from um, that she says, she goes, a woman can be the sluttiest slut in the entire world who loves having orgasms all day long and all night long. And she will never find herself with an unwanted pregnancy unless a man shows up and ex ejaculates irresponsibly. Yep. So yep. it comes down to let's fo change the focus because part of her thread is very much, um, satire like jonathan swift's a modest proposal and the other half is we're, did i get your attention let's shift the, the the conversation from women who literally could not have more than one child a year to maybe we can prevent pregnancies from these men who could literally you know beget hundreds of children a year yeah. let's let's try to look at other issues and maybe a different perspective solutions. maybe we shift some responsibility says gabby blair so, and her book yeah. is called do you have the title of the book ejaculate responsibly and people can purchase that you can also get that as an audiobook but explain if uh you know you have your phone and then uh your spouse may look at your phone and you're listening to an audiobook it's worth the taking the second to be like hey so i'm going to get gabby blair's book uh and this is what it's called so you don't have that embarrassing conversation of what do, what are you listening to why is this yep. I, what is this yeah. i i found that uh not anything to do with Gabby Blair's book, but um, I am listening to a book called The Power of Regrets, which prompted a conversation between my wife and I. <laughs> so that reminded me years ago, I was part of a book club where um, one of the members had just written the title of the book and then 10 o'clock is the time we're meeting or whatever. Mm -hmm. We were reading C.S. Lewis's book called the Great Divorce. So it said The Great mm -hmm. Divorce, 10 a.m. My <laughs> husband goes, Hun, um, do we need to have a talk? Like, oh, no, 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 no. It's just, it's just for book club. He's like, Do we need to have a talk? Because yeah. he didn't know that this was a C.S. Lewis, very spiritual kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, kind of funny. And also, yes, sweetheart. Yes, yes, we, yes do. we do. <laughs> uh, since we've got the non little kids uh, listening, maybe we share this one as well. Uh, we have talked to you multiple times about Michael Adam Davis, who is 38 years old, convicted of sexually assaulting a juvenile male under his care while Davis was a Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints leader. A recent ruling by the judge in his case will allow the prosecution to seek a longer prison sentence. 
Uh, it is a first degree felony that he has been charged with, which is criminal sexual conduct, two counts of second degree criminal sexual conduct and one charge of indecent exposure in the presence of a minor. And the judges said, yeah, go go for more. Try and get him put away a little bit more. Um, yeah, and is there a range what it was and what it might be then? I or? am getting down to... Uh, in a statement about D- Davis's conviction, Randall Thomas, president of the LDS Rochester Stake, wrote, We are grateful the legal process has moved forward and that justice has been served. We will continue to support and love the family and the uh, to love and love the victim and family as they continue their healing process. But I cannot see where it says... Uh, Braun argued that Davis's felony convictions should count as one under Minnesota law because they were committed against the same victim. Um, mm, mm, mm. In April 2006, Davis pleaded guilty to two felony degree, third degree counts for forcible sexual abuse. Davis charges in the, he was sentenced to 180 days of home confinement and placed on probation for 36 months. So at the very least, he should be sentenced to more than 180 days of home confinement and probation for 36 months. So there's that. And then yeah. and then I guess one other follow up, since we're kind of this isn't necessarily little ears. So if you're coming back going, are they done with the adult ears stuff? Yes. Uh, yes yeah. But the former sheriff, you know, up in Idaho, the kids are giving him thankful turkeys and he says, who are you? And he pulls a gun on him. Uh, he has been sentenced now for three years of probation. Four underage victims spoke during a sentencing this last Tuesday, each of whom echoed the fact that they continue to suffer from ongoing fear and anxiety dating back to the night that Roland pulled a gun on them. Uh, how can they trust anyone if they can't trust the sheriff, said one of the victims. Uh, as part of the plea agreement, Roland pleaded guilty to felony aggravated assault in exchange for the dismissal of a felony aggravated battery and misdemeanor exhibition of a weapons charge. So he was sentenced to three years supervised probation, 10 days in jail, to which some people are saying, eh, OK, so if he hadn't been the sheriff, would he be in the same position? But now that is finally wrapped up and uh, done as far as the court process goes for him. Good. What else do you have? All right. So this is actually on a much happier note. OK, good. Um, just, we need just, happier. <laughs> just yesterday. Um, so this is actually, so there's just a singer songwriter, um, Stephen Stewart. There's just, just a beautiful rendition of brightly beams, our father's mercy that he performed. That's it's great. An awesome video that there's a slight mashup with, I need the every hour thrown in there. Um, so he has, he's done international stuff. He's a voiceover actor. He's been part of, um, the year, some of the European versions of idols, voice factor, X factor, America's got talent and Eurovision. Hmm. Um, anyway, he's a popular voiceover act for the international brands and was a music director and host of the Nokia music podcast. So oh, the know... Nokia music yeah. podcasts are very good. <laughs> oh, look, okay. okay, now here, here's where I step in and go, it's Nokia. You know, it's not Nokia. It's Nokia. Nokia. Yes. The okay. first syllable oh. is stress. It's a Finnish company. Dang it. Oh. So yeah, first syllable is stress. It's Nokia. I- I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that they were a Finnish company. Yeah, they actually started out as like a rubber company. You get like rubber bins and boots and all kinds of stuff, and then a they Nokia. exploded into other stuff. But um, but yeah, so he's actually an American, lives in, in Helsinki. 
I used to work for Nokia, all that kind of good stuff. So that's actually how I know him. Um, but yeah, so he has this awesome thing and he has a new Christmas album out as well. So we'll link over just all that. You know, another finished Beautiful company, voice. Blackberry. <laughs> Blackberry is another finished phone company. That one's finished. Did you oh, know the, the Angry Birds? See, I did it again. Did you yeah, know the Angry Birds again. is actually a Finnish thing too? That was created in Finland. Cracks me yeah, up. It's Angry Birds. Angry Birds. You have to give the emphasis proper uh, because it's a Finnish company. That one actually company. cracks me up. Angry Birds. Finns tend to be very like, and they're very stoic in public. And okay. so the idea that they created Angry Birds really cracks me up. Well, but. the idea of stoic birds wasn't as great. <laughs> we can't or drunk get behind birds. This. They're known yeah. for, you know, you can act for the church who... Um, so like, you know, what I love about being a member is that you can act drunk without ever drinking alcohol. Perfect. So, anyway, that that yeah. is one of the greatest advantages. Salvation, sure. But also you can act drunk without actually being drunk. I love it. Uh, let's round out whatever we're going to do. What else you got? See, uh, that might have been just about it. Hold on. My screen is freaking out on me. Um, yeah, that was, uh, let's see. Oh, but but Last thing here, I actually came across this isn't super um, current. This is a really cool thing I came across. Um, there is so this very popular blog and writer. His name is Mark Tyler Nobleman. He himself is not connected to the church in any way, but he interviewed Kim Jensen, who is an actress and a teacher at Utah Valley University, and she played Ariel's friend Edna in the movie Footloose when it was mm. filmed here in Utah. And it's a fascinating interview. Um, he, you know, there's things like, oh, so, you know, have people stopped you on the street? She's like, nobody knows who I am. Nobody stops me ever. <laughs> no. What was the premiere like? Well, my boyfriend took the wrong exit, so we were late. Oh. Um, but then there's also cool things of just, you know, behind the scenes stories of tell us about John Lithgow and tell us about this person, you know, and it's, it was, she has some cool stories that she talks about in her interview. She gathers the family around, you know, kids, there was a time when we weren't allowed to dance. <laughs> exactly. And it all stemmed from chicken on the back of a tractor. And then, isn't that, isn't that, isn't that why they... They stopped dancing. No, because... they that they they stopped dancing because some students, some kids went off to dance and got drunk, and then there was a car accident. And yeah, but weren't they died. playing chicken as part of the car accident? No, the the chicken's part of the movie. the The car accident happens before the movie opens. Okay, I the thought car it was... accidents where you see the minister's daughter being rebellious and all that. Oh yeah. So that's in fact, um, Kim says that one of her you know proudest moments was when they were filming that scene because the director at one point said Kim's the only one that's doing this, that, and the other. So we, I watched that part again. I'm like, and you can't even see the part she's excited about. Like you can't mm. see her acting in the part that she was commended for. Hmm. didn't make the edit but you know take that kevin bacon she was the mm. only one doing that what she was supposed to he wasn't <laughs> in that scene either oh, that, you know is that have a you seen this movie is it have a finished film <laughs> that's a stupid thing though I, I showed it to my kids i'm very big on cultural literacy so my kids watch this movie it was nope, filmed right they where did we not live. appreciate it well, and they were like, yeah, whatever. So then we watched it. And I saw I'd pause it. I'm like, look, that's the that's the Lehigh Roller Mills, you they know. Don't but care. but it was like a month later, one of my daughters came to me and she goes, Mom, Footloose is like a huge movie. Yeah. I was like, I know. She's like, Mom, but like Kevin Bacon was on the Today Show. It's like <laughs> huge. I'm like, I know. The why did it now go watch it again? I'm like, yeah. trust me when I say this is a cultural thing that you I just thought it was some local indie movie. I'm like, oh kids, like trust your mother. All right. Yeah. And that innate fe that innate feeling that you have that kids are the worst, feel that feeling because it's true. 
Kids are, in fact, the worst. I want to end it on here uh, because I thought this was not only cool, but I wanted to make sure that we didn't let another moment pass without sharing this. You can now read the words of two early Latter-day Saint women leaders. Uh, the words of uh, Emmeline B. Wells. Let me do that again. The diary of Emmeline B. Wells and the discourses of Eliza R. Snow can now be found online. They had a massive event in downtown Salt Lake with the history department um, to kind of unveil this, make it possible. It's many years of work uh, to be able to put this together. Uh, Eliza R. Snow and Emmeline B. Wells served as general presidents of the Relief Society. Snow was the second Relief Society president, president, and Wells was the fifth. Each left a compelling record of her teachings and services. And now uh, they're in the form of, um, of a website. You can go be able to search all the way through it. Uh, they come through hundreds of sources, handwritten minute books. They found over 1,200 discourses, all of which have been published uh, at the website, the Church Historian's website, which you can actually find a link to in our show notes, um, and read about these two amazing, there's no other way to de to describe it, amazing, prolific, uh, prophetic, I'd even go so far as to say, oh, yeah. uh, women. So if you don't awesome. know... If you don't know about that, um, you should go check that out. It's the Diaries of Emmeline B. Wells and the Discourses of Eliza R. Snow. Annette, I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. Richie, I hope that if you've been sick or afflicted, you'll be well and can listen next week. And that when the time comes, that we all may be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row? Of, of the, the cultural, cultural hall. hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row. We really gotta go on the cultural hall show.